Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of the Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 796. For a while, I wandered aimlessly. I went to watch the sword tree, hoping I might find Kellyanne there, but she was nowhere to be seen. Watching the tree itself did nothing to soothe me. Not today. So I went to the baths, where I soaked myself joylessly. Afterward, in one of the mirrors scattered through the smaller rooms, I caught the first glimpse of my face since Vashet had struck me. Half my face was red and swollen, with bruises beginning to mottle blue and yellow around my temple and the line of my jaw. I also had the raw beginnings of a profoundly blackened eye. As I stared at myself in the mirror, I felt a low anger flicker to life deep in my belly. I was, I decided, tired of waiting helplessly while others decided whether I could come or go. I had played their game, learned their language, been unfailingly polite, and in return I had been treated like a dog. I had been beaten, sneered at, and threatened with death, and worse, I was finished with it. So I made my way slowly around Hert. I visited the twin sisters, the talkative smithy, and the tailor where I had bought my clothes. I chatted amiably, passing the time, asking questions, and pretending I didn't look as if someone had beaten me unconscious a handful of hours ago. My preparations took a long time. I missed dinner, and the sky was growing dark by the time I came back to the school. I went straight to my room and closed the door behind me. Then I emptied the contents of my pockets onto my bed, some purchased, some stolen. Two fine, soft beeswax candles, a long shard of brittle steel from a poorly forged sword, a spool of blood-red thread, a small stoppered bottle of water from the baths. I closed my fist tightly around the last. Most people don't understand how much heat water holds inside it. That is why it takes so long to boil, despite the fact that the scalding hot pool I had pulled this from was more than half a mile away. What I held in my hand was of better use to a sympathist than glowing coal. What I held in my hand was of better use to a sympathist than a glowing coal. This water had fire in it. I thought of Penthe with a twinge of regret. Then I picked up the candle and began to turn it in my hands, warming it with my skin, softening the wax and beginning to shape a doll of it. I sat in my room, thinking dark thoughts as the last of the light faded from the sky. I looked over the tools I had gathered and knew deep in my gut that sometimes a situation grows so tangled that words are useless. What other option did I have? Now that words had failed me, what do any of us have when words fail us? That's the page and the chapter. My name is Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. And an uncharitable reader might read this page and go, oh, Vashet was right. Well, that's, I think, the trick that is being played here, that uh, we are meant to think that Quoth is preparing to fight his way out. And that is, I think, what the the chapter closes on because this is a common I don't know if it's a common expression but I feel like I've heard it before is that like when words fail you fight or something like that what do we have that words fail us is like you just have conflict you just have battles like war or whatever but that's not what Quoth has that's not what Quoth does no Quoth has other things but I think that we are meant to go ah you know this was his last chance and he's and we know that these are the tools of his trade right these are yeah this is like Quoth's equivalent of the like the suit up scene in Commando, like where we're you know because he's he's making a mommet, right? Of who though? Well, presumably of Vashet, right? I think the implication that we are meant to take is that he's going to assassinate her and leave. Yeah. Well, also, Jordana, don't forget you can just like make a human shaped doll and then put a hair on it, and then it goes to be anybody. Like the yeah. yeah. So you can well, just make a random doll, and then it's flexible. The question I have 
uh, when kind of looking at this scene is, is he making this as a preparation for a defense? Or is he making the, like, in case Bashet decides that she is going to kill him? Or is he making this regardless of her decision? I think that it's deliberately ambiguous in a variety of ways. Because I think you can read this as, is this whole scene a fake out for us? Like, is he never intending to use any of this stuff? He's just putting it together because he's going to leave? Or is this him having his Luke's going to kill Ben moment where he's thinking about, should I just murder Vashet and run away in the night before she has a chance to make up her mind and kill me? This might be my only chance. I, I think this is a Jordana situation. Jordana, do you want to say it? Why not both? Because I think, Jeremy, that he is both planning his, what he actually does, which is to play music for her, and he's also planning to, if that fails, to kill her and run. I think that's his, his plan B. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I play the music and she's like, sorry, that didn't convince me, then he would kill her? Fully. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Why should we assume that he's going to play music for her? I'm confused. Well, that's what he does. I'm looking ahead. I'm sorry, Jordan. I'm cheating. But maybe we can we can get to this. But I'm doing a little inventory of the stuff that shows up in that scene. And not all the stuff he gathers shows up in that scene. And furthermore, he doesn't know how she reacts when that scene is over. Mm. But that's more okay, to like... This is definitely beyond this page. Stop it. <laughs> this is also just like this story beat is a very familiar end of the second act of a movie story beat where the hero has been dealt a profound blow all this is like what in in the screenwriting book save the cat this is like the all is lost moment where quoth is like having his dark night of the soul things are about as bad as they could ever get and then he finds the like inner strength or the resolve or whatever to pull himself together you know get his gear and solve his problem whatever it is and in an action movie that's often the like all right you know, suit up, it's time to, you know, go beat the bad guys thing. Like, it's a very, it's a, it's a very familiar emotional beat and like structural beat. And I think that one of the subversive things Rothfuss does is that what happens next is not what we would normally expect out of like a fantasy narrative, especially given that for the last hundred pages or so, he's been learning martial arts. So we might assume that he's going to solve his problems with violence. Yeah, And we do eventually get that as well. So we, we have our cake and eat it here. Indeed. I have one more note, but I would like you to be done with your notes first. My only other note is that I am like very much on Quoth's side when he's talking about like, you know what? I have been so polite and accommodating and I've been patient and I've been like doing my best. I've been like doing everything with good faith. And these people are just like never gonna, I've had it with them. That, uh, politeness isn't, that's a very liberal idea, Jeremy, that like politeness makes means that you're like deserving of respect. Well, off. I think that this is an example of Quoth kind of forgetting how he ended up in this situation to begin with. He came here to save his friend. Yeah. Yes and no, but the gravity of what Tempe taught him and what they feel he has stolen. Like, he forgets yeah. that gravity in, in this moment of anger. Well, yeah, but also, like, f*** him. Yeah, he's being a colonizer. He's not being a colonizer. They're going to kill him. <laughs> As you should with no, all colonizers. I'm sorry. That's horseshit. That's complete horseshit. I refuse to entertain it. He has been the perfect obedient student. He has been doing his level best this whole time, and no one is giving him any credit for it at all. They're doing nothing but saying you're a barbarian, you're a dog, you don't belong here. Screw you, screw you, you suck, we hate you. And he's been taking it and taking it and taking it, and he's decided, you know what? 
screw it. I'm not going to take it anymore. Yes, but he knew that would be the case. Like when they did the, the, the decision at the beginning, when it was just like, when like Bachette's like little test as to whether or not she would teach him, he knew that like, were he to stay, this would be the case. Like, sure, he's fed up with it, but he made this choice. Sorry, no, I don't think that's true. What he was doing in that scene was saying, look, I am committed. If you're going to, like, teach me this stuff, I'm committed to learning it because I care about it. But no one has met him halfway at all. That is his perspective, and I think it's relatable. I think that's, you know what, Jeremy? I I think that's a fair assessment. I think that is relatable as well. I do think he could have done a better job of, like, expressing his understanding of the extent to which he has like committed or you know unwittingly committed a harm against the culture well but he also he didn't get a chance right he tried to say anything to bash it and she was like i don't want to hear it he's making he even then he's making a good faith effort and he's being shut down and like i think i also would be fed up yeah well and i think that's what happens next is that we get there maybe the central tension of this whole sequence is one of assimilation uh i will not say colonization because that was perhaps too glib um but quoth sort of refuses or is unable to assimilate to the extent that the adam want or need him to and similarly they as you said jeremy don't meet him halfway they're not really able to like understand him enough and i think that the next chapters maybe we should hurry up and get there is like the beginning of that where they both begin to kind of understand like we're different but that doesn't mean that we like are not good for each other that we can't become part of the same school or community and it's not for his lack of trying yeah i i I still think he's trying in the wrong ways but well yeah but he doesn't know any other way to try right like he you know you can't fault him for that really in the same way that I don't think you could fault him for the way that he doesn't understand what the way that Eladin's trying to teach him, because Eladin's nuts. <laughs> he hasn't read this book five times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, time for my final note. Time for your final note. All right, this was the end of a chapter. This chapter was called Kindness, which is in gr- great contrast to how the chapter ends, uh, but it is called that because of Penthe's uh, kindness. In this moment at the end of the chapter, as as a juxtaposition to how it started, it it also sort of maybe not that forgetting is the wrong word, but like it feels as though perhaps he is forgetting Penthe's kindness in this moment. I don't know about that. I mean, maybe I would I would say that I would argue that the theme of kindness is continued by Vashet sort of doing him a kindness by explaining what's going on. Like in some on some level, that's a kindness as well. I think just like the, I think it is a juxtaposition that like the, the open kindness without letter Lien, as we are fond of saying, offered by Penthe stands in contrast to the like rather heavy open to interpretation kindness that Vashet is showing him by explaining the depth of the trouble he's in rather than just ghosting him. But I think you're also right, Jordana, to identify the like emotional whiplash of like his very sweet scene with Penthe followed by this very like troubling scene with Vashet and his response to it. Indeed. All right, we'll give you all whiplash tomorrow <laughs> on another page of Whatcha? <laughs>